Welcome back to another episode of Survivor Worldwide here on Reality Pop. I am here with the latest winner of Survivor South Africa Immunity Island, Nicole Vilmans. Nicole, you were the challenge slayer. You took out Chappies after five consecutive immunity wins. Yeah, it was like a dagger to my heart, I'll be honest, because he was my favorite player this season. <laughs> but would. you also, but you also, you also took out the record. You know, there was a record for five consecutive immunity of five consecutive winners in Survivor South yeah. Africa that were all men, and you broke that as well. So you're the streak breaker on Survivor South Africa. How does it feel to walk away with the title? And how has the last you know couple of hours been since you've um, found out that you won the show? It's honestly been such a surreal feeling. It's definitely still sinking in. Um, but yeah, wow. Um, just so grateful to have slayed the challenge beast and also be the first female winner in quite a while. So I'm very, very grateful and um, very chuffed with myself. Well, you know, you're going to be somewhat of a role model for a lot of like young girls and, and other females out there that want to go and play Survivor South Africa. I don't know if you ever listened to any of our recaps, but we spoke about that last week and we said that there's been this run of men that have won the show in Survivor South Africa. And we thought, what, what do we need to do to change that? And you've yeah. become that person now. <laughs> so what is your advice to, you know, young girls and other females out there that want to play the game of Survivor? What would your advice be for them coming into the next? season and, and how they can approach the game oh survival was honestly the best thing i've ever done so if you're considering it don't hesitate like firstly take that step and enter that's like obviously the first step to getting onto the show and if you make it just go in there with such a full heart and give absolutely everything that you have and even if the odds are stacked against you like they were against me quite a couple of times just always show up and make sure that you are giving 110% to absolutely everything that you're doing at any given time because you never know when someone sees that or appreciates that and that could benefit your game so definitely keep going like it's difficult it's not easy it's exhausting you're hungry it's it's a lot going on but if you remember why you entered um, and what you will want to what you want to achieve, it'll definitely stand you in good stead. And also, if you don't make it the first time, keep going, be resilient, keep trying to enter. Don't let that one negative outcome like be the rest of it. Like just keep entering, and um, that's what I did. I mean, I entered in season six. I was a reserve, didn't make the show. Entered in season seven, didn't even make the second round. So it just shows that. Timing is everything, and what is for you will definitely not pass you. Yeah. So, have you always been a fan of Survivor, or was this something that you sort of more in recent years, as you started applying for the show, you became more and more interested in it? What was your background with the show? No, I've always been a huge fan of Survivor, and I remember being a little girl and like watching and being like, oh, one day I want to be on that show and play that game and win those immunities. And you never, like, you dream of that, but you, you know, I'm, when it happens, then it's like, wow, overwhelming. But until that point, it's kind of like still a bit of a dream. Um, so it's definitely something I've always wanted to do. Um, and actually playing that the greatest games, it was the biggest blessing. So who was your favorite players coming into the show? And um, who, who did you sort of try and model your game on? Because you played a game with honesty and integrity, staying true to your word. Were there certain players that sort of, you know, you looked up to growing up, watching the game that you wanted to play like them and bring that to the game as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I've been such a fan. I've obviously loved Rob 
Elaine from the, um, the American seasons as well, David from the Australian seasons. Those are players that have played such phenomenal games for me, but I didn't want to mimic anyone's game because I knew that, you know, that's, I'm my own person. I'm going to play my own game. Um, you can never mimic someone else's game and hope to win. You've got to do your own thing and um, stay true to who you are. So that was really important for me to keep just being myself and um, helping that. Yeah, essentially that helped me get to the end. Yes, so, you know, you wanted to play this honesty game, the integrity, and it's a game that's not played very often. Like, I mean, if I'm a big fan. I know most of the winners. And when I think back about the amount of people that have won the game, playing an honest game, playing a game with integrity, there's you probably count them on one hand. There's not been yeah. many in the past, right? So what was your plan in regards to playing with your core group? Because you had some really strong alliance members in the Zumba 1.0 who became Vuna 2.0 and Vuna 3.0. Like, you know, was it a little bit of a blessing in disguise that they were all taken out when they were because you would have had to sort of make some moves? What was your sort of thinking? Who would you want to go to the end and how were you going to approach it trying to stay true to that honesty and integrity part of the game that you wanted to stay true to? Yeah. So for me, all my decisions were based around being authentic and who I am and playing the best of my abilities. And it just happened that, you know, all the Zambas got voted out, which essentially helped me quite a bit because they were sitting on the jury and that definitely stood me in good stead. But it's difficult to ensure that you're making good connections with people. And that was really important for me is to just every step of the way, keep making sure that I'm doing what I want to do and playing the game I want to play and doing that to the best of my ability. So making relationships and um, forming those alliances was really important and ensuring that like, Whatever whatever happens, I was always informed from one person or another because you know Amy and Renita and Sean, ugh, Amy, Sean and um, Anela were on Zamba 2.0, so they had inside information on that side. Uh, but we semi then sort of formed an alliance with Anessa and Kieran and Tyson. So I, I wanted to ensure that I always had a bit of information leading back to me without looking like I was like scrambling and trying to flip flop or whatever. So yeah, and if I think about who I wanted to sit with at the end. You, you want to sit next to people that you think you're going to beat. So I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, but from a fan perspective, I really respect the game that Kieran played and the game that Tyson played. And um, would have loved to see them there, but then I didn't think I would have won. So, yeah, no regrets. How difficult um, was that decision at the end when you needed to decide between Anila and uh, Chappies at the end? I mean, it looked like there was a lot of resentment to Chappies in the game and that potentially you could have thought maybe he's someone that you could take to the end because a lot of people hated what he did in regards to stealing food yeah. and things like that. Was that really a difficult decision for you or did you really want to stay true to Anila here at the end because you guys sort of started the game together? Well, I didn't want to take Anela because I felt like I was obliged. I felt like I could beat him. So I wouldn't have taken Chappies regardless of, you know, what he said or what, you know, how he tried to manipulate the situation because I knew that if I took him to the end, I wouldn't have won. So um, regardless of the people not liking him because he stole food, remember they also forget that they're hungry and then they're like, okay, well, it's not such a big deal anymore. Um, whereas for we, us, we end it and we're like, oh, this is terrible. He's stealing up food. It's the end of the world. But for them, they're like, that's actually funny, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely not a difficult decision in terms of gameplay, but in terms of like just taking away someone's dream um, was was hard. It's it's hard so having to do that. 
That makes sense. And um, what, what have you learned about yourself playing this game when you were out there? I'm sure you had a lot of time to reflect, especially as a digital marketing person. You are probably yeah. used to being online, having your phone with you all the time. So just being all disconnected, what, what, what was that like? Firstly, not having that connection to the outer world and then also just having time to reflect about yourself. And, you know, I'm sure you had a lot of time with yourself to think, you know. Oh, for sure. No, I'm so grateful for that time that I didn't have to be online. It was just like, ah, oh, I can breathe. It's so it's so important to disconnect and just take yourself out of, you know, reality for a, for a bit because you get so consumed by technology and your job and everyday routine and like being outside of that was such a blessing for me. And it just like made me realize that yeah, there's so much more to life and you need to appreciate absolutely everything. The little things are so important and we take that for granted. So definitely learned that and we'll cherish that for life. Now, one of the things that impressed me immensely throughout the season was just seeing your attitude towards taking on challenges. You know, there's that very famous episode where everybody sits out um, for food and you take on chappies. You know, yes. that's something that impressed me immensely. And, you know, where does that come from? Are you someone that has always been a bit of an athlete, someone that just – because it's kind of that athletic thing. If you've been in sports, yes. you know, I've been in sports my whole life. I could probably identify with Anella more than anyone else because I also studied sports and coaching similar to him. But where does that come from? Do you have, like, a sporting background or, you know, it's just, just something that's within you that you'll never give up? Yeah, well, I think a bit of both. I am – I'm such a go-getter and such a little fighter. So firstly, I would never give up. And secondly, I come from a very sporty, sporty family. Um, I played a lot of competitive hockey in my days. So yeah, it's, I've always been very competitive. I, before the time, I gymmed really hard and made sure that I was, you know, strong and fit and could do my absolute best. But obviously, we had a two-week quarantine in the hotel and then you, you don't go anywhere, you can't do anything. Um, so then you kind of like, it's a, it's a mind game as well. Like, just showing up to those challenges, you've kind of like already won in your in in your heart. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of both a combination of of all of the above. And and how difficult? Like, I mean, we all thought you would be the favorite going into that last challenge, being extremely good at endurance challenges um, and balancing. You know, you you even won uh, immunity. You said you won two immunities at the final tribal council, but you actually won a third one because you also won that for oh, the your team early in the season yes exactly True. so you kind of you kind of won that one as well you know if i was you yeah. i'd just claim it um but you know <laughs> going into that final trial like a final immunity how difficult was it mentally to go up against someone like chappies who must have seen seemed like he was pretty unstoppable at that time winning seven challenges straight in a row yeah no for sure it was like Firstly, I was like, okay, this is something that's to my strengths. I can totally win this. But at the same time, your mind starts playing games with you. And you're like, well, Chappies has been winning. He's on a winning streak. Um, so, yeah, it's, you, can, you might as well take this, this as well. But I just said to myself, if you don't win this, you're not going to win Survivor. So you better win. Uh, and that just kept going on in my head. And I just breathed through the pain and just kind of like took myself somewhere else and just realized that this is it. Like, this is it. And I had an opportunity to win because it was something that I was good at. So, yeah, I was very grateful for that endurance challenge. 
Okay, we have to talk about this. I'm sure you're going to get it from every single person that you're being interviewed by today. You know, that move to take Renid and Amy to the SuperTube challenge with you instead of letting them stay at the tribe so that they can actually try and fight to stay in the game. Um, How long long did it take you before you realized you may have made a mistake when you took them on that challenge? Yeah, shortly when we got back. But my reasoning behind it was we thought we were going to be able to send two people to Immunity Island. Okay, so then they, when we got there, they said, no, that's not happening. Then I thought to myself, okay, maybe there's an advantage at the reward, which if I take someone else, another two um, tied destinies, and they might get the advantage, and then we still wouldn't be able to use it. So that's where my head went, and that's why I thought, okay, take Amy and Renee, because firstly, yeah, I felt sorry for them because they like, it's sad. And Amy stood there for so long. And then I was like, okay, there's a possibility of a of a um, uh, an advantage there. So that's kind of where my head was at. And then when we got back, I realized like, oh, they didn't see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, that does not that does not the intention. But yeah. Okay, so I also want to go into that early stages in the game. It seemed like you formed a very close relationship with the girls very quickly, and you guys formed a tight alliance. What was it that sort of drew you to working with both Marisha and Amy in the game? And were there other people outside of that tight group there that you immediately gravitated to prior to moving to Vuna 2.0 in the game? Yeah, definitely. So with Amy and Marisha, we just like instantly clicked on like a friendship level um, and we just got along so well and it just felt like girlfriends that I had at home. So that's why I think that was so natural and organic and it just happened. And then I definitely found a liking in Renid and I thought he was really someone that I would love to work with because he's such a genuine guy and um, I just felt like he felt like a bit of home to me. So that was really someone that I um really wanted to work with as well so those three people from the get-go i was like okay these people um are are people that i would want to be with for the long term so yeah and and talk to us about um the tension between the girls and Teresa there in the early stages of the show you know there was a scene that showed you guys not really giving her an in and then obviously ultimately you do vote her out when you swap over to the other tribe what was it about that dynamic that just made it very difficult for you guys to work with her so she was very much like on her own didn't socialize didn't make any efforts not only not didn't make an effort to like get to know you on a personal level, but didn't make any game effort. Because I remember even hearing her saying in the final, she was like, she was waiting for people to approach her. But you can't go into Survivor thinking people are just going to like come to you. And then the attitude she had towards us was kind of like, okay, guys, you, you want to play with me, so you should approach me. And then we were kind of like, no, that's not really how it works. We already are in the majority, so you kind of have to come to us. So it was a very interesting dynamic for me because I was like, Teresa, you're such a fan. Like, don't you know the rules? <laughs> it was very funny <laughs> watching it back. Now, you guys as a team did extremely well. You ended up, I believe, winning five out of the seven team immunity challenges when you were out there, um, which is an amazing feat. It's it's up there with some of the better tribes when it comes to you know winning immunities prior to emerge. Um, what was your sort of favorite team challenge that you guys got to do? And what was the probably the one that you liked the least out there? So definitely the one where we won the Mexican Fiesta and like watching the family videos, that was so unbelievable. Like, I just love that. The food was amazing. The challenge was fun. Um, that was just like all together so much fun. 
And then the one, the, the challenge that I liked the least would probably be the one where I would, but this wasn't a group one, it was an individual one where I had to reach for that very, very, very far away key um, and just dismally failed. That was torture. <laughs> yeah, and again, uh, hats off to you for continuing to try over and over Thank again. I, I did have a bit of a chuckle when you said you were the 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 guy from Ice from Ice Age oh. that was running to try and get the. <laughs> There's no way better to describe it. That that was me. Like that is me. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! And then <laughs> Nico and Nico rubbing it in at the end, saying you were a crab leg away from getting oh, yeah. it at the end, which was really really funny. Um, now this is also around the time where you guys, um, I guess, start finding out that Chappies is stealing food and you know he's he's eating on his own and things like that um, around camp. How difficult was it to deal with someone that was a renegade like that out there? Because you seemed like, for the most part, you composed yourself really well compared to some of the other players where yeah. the emotions probably took over a little bit more in that situation. What was that like for you dealing with him? And did that sort of add to the to the whole reason why you wouldn't have wanted to take Chappies towards the end as well? Because you just didn't see eye to eye with him in regards to how he played the game? Or what was that dynamic like? No, not at all. I, I... Chappies is such a funny guy and we got along so well. So I didn't at all feel like I can't take him to the end because I don't see eye to eye with him. I just thought I'm going to have a better chance to beat Anela than Chappies. And that was solely the decision I made, the reason why I made the decision. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's devastating when you're so hungry and someone's stealing your food. So I totally understand what does reaction and how people react so, like, hectically because it's so you are so hungry it's so crazy um but for me i was like okay well keep composed i'm not someone who would you know go throw my toys out the car and make a scene that's just not my personality so the way i reacted was true to who i was and i was obviously devastated inside but i wasn't gonna you know yeah i just i was hungry but i wasn't going to make him like you know, like make him feel worse than he really should. And I mean, I think he did feel bad, but also at the same time, it's a game. So um, he did what he felt was right. And I've got to respect that. Um, I would never have stolen food from the tribe because I, I know how hungry we were and I could never satisfy myself while knowing that everyone was like really starving. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and if you had to choose one player from the pre-merge part of the game before they made, to the, made it to the merge, who would you say was probably the biggest threat to win the whole game if they actually got to the merge? Oh, I think everyone would say this, but Dino, like, by far. Uh, shame, I feel like he got cut too soon, but he was, he was way too... Yeah, he didn't... He, he was very much... What's the word? Um, paranoid. And that put us off because we were like, if he's being so paranoid, what's going on? And he definitely put a target on his own back by being too paranoid. But I think he was a phenomenal player and would have done some damage if he had gotten to merge. You also um, managed to go to the Immunity Island and actually experience that part of the game and also win the actual challenge there where a lot of people actually didn't make that. So you ended yeah. up with the fire idol in your position. Did you practice how to make fire prior to playing it at that tribal council or did you go into that tribal council thinking you were going to hope for the best and that you were going to be able to pull it off on the spot if you were the person that had the second most votes in, the, in that tribal council? No, I, at um, Immunity Island, I made a fire that afternoon. Like the first time I tried, 
I remember I asked Chappies earlier that day, I was like, how do you, what do I do? Like, just give me a few tips. Then I went there, made a fire in like two minutes. I was like, why have I not been making the fire all along? Like, I'm so good at this. <laughs> Surprised myself. Made, like I, then I made some lentils. I was, it was amazing. And then I felt confident in playing the fire idol because I was like, okay, I know exactly what to do now. I just made a fire. Um, confidence is high, so I might as well play it. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't want to go home having an advantage and not playing it and then that would like shoot myself in the foot. That made hundred percent sense. I think it's always better to play the idol than go oh, home because sure. you just don't you just don't know what's going to happen in tribal council. It's easy when we're sitting on the sidelines and we get to see it from outside of the fishbowl. We always yeah we yeah. always think we've got the best moves, but I fully appreciate that. Um, so I guess on a scale of one to ten, how angry were you at your brother for helping uh, Kiran when he actually helped him get the idol? And uh, do you still give him a bit of stick about that even now? Oh, absolutely. Even last night, I was like Peter. You could have been the death of me. <laughs> so no shame. I feel he feels so bad about it. He's like still got anxiety about it. I'm like, yeah, you wanted to. But shame, I think in that moment, he didn't really know how to react because he couldn't have said to Kara, no, I'm not gonna help you. Or it's a it's a difficult situation because mm. like what do you say? How do you react? Like, what do you do? Um, so shame. Yeah, he feels really bad. And I'm grateful that, you know. It, it ended up the way that it did because it got, could have gotten so it could have gone south very quickly yeah definitely i mean karan tried to use the idol against you yeah. as well in that spot so um but one of the things oh, i kind goodness. of observed on the podcast when that was happening i said you know it's kind of unfair when you've got a family member coming in from the outside who's not they're not in the game mode they're not they haven't played yeah. it for as long as this person so then they're coming yeah. in from normal world they're not thinking about exactly. deceiving and deceit and all that type of thing so i fully appreciate it so um is the rest of your family members are they into survivor or you know was your brother a fan prior to this or uh, were you the only person really in the in the sort of family who wanted to do this and everybody thought you were crazy for going out there and giving <laughs> it a try <laughs> no they we've always watched survivor together but they're not like me who would enter and actually want to be on the show they're like okay cool cool for the people that are there they're a bit cuckoos and then i was like i'm gonna go go do it and they were like okay you crazy but enjoy um so no they love the show obviously they love it more now that i was on it and won so they're like yay we love survivor <laughs> but yeah it's just they i don't think they would enter yeah definitely not uh, so your brother doesn't want to go out there to redeem himself in, in a season? No, it's a no-go for him. He's like, no, I already fucked it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no redeeming it. What was, what was your personal proudest moment when you were out there? Something that you look back on fondly? It can be something that happened on screen, or it could be also something that didn't even make the TV show. I think for me, winning two individual immunities, or three, as you would say, uh, because going into Survivor, that was like one of my massive goals. And I would have been happy with that. And, you know, like that would have been a very proud moment for me. And, and then I won on top of that. So it's something that I've always wanted to do and like envisioned my whole life. And every time I enter Survivor, that's like what I see in my mind, like winning an individual immunity. So that was for sure one of my proudest moments. 
Now, also, you know, one of the things you mentioned prior to going on the show is that you really wanted to find an idol, but you never really got the opportunity outside of winning it on Immunity Island. How often did you look for idols? Um, and, you know, did, did it sort of, after a while of looking for an idol, did you sort of come to the realization, most likely there's no idols around camp and they're all on Immunity Island? Or how, how did that sort of work for you? Did you spend any time looking for the idols while you were out there? Yeah, no, I spent a lot of time looking for idols. I, every day I looked for about an hour. Like I made a, an effort to look every single day and look in different places and then look up in the trees and then look in the ground. And then after a while I was like, what am I missing? Because I'm not finding anything. Um, but at the same time, where Marisha found her idol, I would never have looked there. So I don't know if I was just looking in the wrong places, but also most of the idols were at Immunity Island. It's obviously Immunity Island, it makes sense now. But um, yeah, it was. It, you have to go to Survivor and look for idols. I mean, the experience wouldn't be complete without doing that. And how difficult is it to look for idols out there without other people seeing you or noticing that you're looking for idols? And obviously Chappies was very obvious when he was looking for idols at the merge. But, you know, in general, is it something where you spot people quite often out there and you're like, that person's looking for an idol, that person's looking for an idol? Is it quite obvious or in general no. were people a lot more co covert about it? Yeah, people are very discreet about it and like try and like hide it. And, and I understand that because you don't want people like thinking you're looking for an idol. But the one time it was so funny, Amy and I were looking for an idol the day that they got voted out and we were looking and we were looking and then we try to act like we found one and like walk to camp and like act like we had gotten something. And then <laughs> I don't know if anyone noticed that we were like trying to act like all cool and that we have an idol. Meanwhile, we have nothing. So I... I wanted to look, but make sure that people don't know that I'm looking for something because then obviously it puts a target on your back. Um, so yeah, I definitely was trying to be discreet about it. Now, looking back at the show and obviously seeing the edited version and what people are saying behind your back to the screen and things like that, who were you the most impressed by or what sort of shocked you the most looking back at it thinking, I didn't realize this was happening or that person was thinking this way um, looking back at the show? I guess that's one of the cool things about playing a game such as this. You can actually go back and watch the tape after. Yeah. Well, I love Santoni's confessionals, she was hilarious and just so expressive and just such an entertainment. So I really enjoyed watching her. And obviously when she said I'm her nemesis, um, I, did, I didn't know she said that. Like I remember on day when we actually met at Merge, she said to me, yeah, she's been saying a few things behind my back. And she just, then she actually came clean and she was like, this is what I've been saying. Um, yeah, like if this is, like, don't feel bad. I just, I didn't know you and all the rest. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> It's not, it's not nice knowing that people are saying shit behind your back, um, but it's inevitable. Um, so watching her was like such a laugh. Um, so there wasn't anything that I watched and then I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that that person felt that way about me or whatever. I kind of had an idea along the journey. And were you aware that both those two girls that you were closely aligned both had a secret alliance with Renir as well on the game? Or was that something that was a bit of a surprise afterwards? Or you were pre did they come back with that information to you while you were playing? Yeah, so the, um, um, Marisha and Renir, I knew that was like, yeah, I knew that alliance was from day one. But the Amy and Renir one was, I didn't know that they had formed, I knew they had an alliance, but I didn't know that they had formed that on day one already. So that was quite a surprise to me. And I was so impressed. I was like, well done, guys, because I would never put those two people together like with an alliance. So I was very impressed watching that back. Um, and I'm sad that, you know, it's actually ironic that they decided to be together in the beginning and then they got tied destinies and voted out on the same night. Uh, but 
yeah, so that was, it was interesting seeing that dynamic, but with Marisha and Denise, I, I knew that, yeah, they were aligned. Now, someone that we didn't see much interaction between yourself and them was Sean, but he did look like someone you had a pretty good relationship with out there on the island as well. There was a bit of banter going on between you two at Final Tribal Council. Now, I know he didn't ultimately vote for you at the end because, you know, it's pretty tough, but I imagine he was very close to Anella as well. What was yeah. that relationship like and how did Sean sort of fit into your alliance with uh, Renee and with the girls? Yeah. So from day one, Sean was, he was a bit on the outs with him and Kian. They were a bit like, doing their own thing and we were like this is yeah they're not making an effort they're just looking for an idol blatantly so that was interesting and sean actually in the beginning he i don't know what it was about me but i don't think he liked me very much i think i just maybe just who i was irritated him or my voice or what i looked like or something i don't really know but we decided to work together regardless because the Zamba Alliance, it made more sense keeping that strong than, you know, going somewhere else when, it, when we got to merge. But we did have a very, like, playful relationship in terms of joking with one another. But I never knew if he was, like, being serious or, like, I never knew what actually he meant by it. So it was an interesting relationship. Um, it was a bit of, like, a love-hate relationship, but but I don't know why. It was it was very, very interesting. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, he was probably one of those people that you were attached to, I guess, based on the fact that you had the need and Bo Fenella there yes. as, a, as people that would come back to you to tell you yeah. what Sean's getting up to at certain stages in the game. But yeah. I just always found that quite interesting because I could never really place where he fitted in he was, with that yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then also when, when Marisha got voted out, he gave me such a big hug and he was like so friendly and I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> but thank <laughs> you. I'm so heartbroken. <laughs> no, but he was, um, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. yeah, I can I can pick I can definitely pick that up. And with the League of Shadows, that was a little bit of a, a blind side to the audience as well. We didn't really see it coming until Kiran, I believe, was the one who said that that formed. When exactly did the League of Shadows between yourself, Kiran, Anella, and Tyson form? Um, and how did you guys sort of move and operate together as an alliance? Yeah, so that that formed after Nesu got voted out, and then we decided to work together with Warda. Um, and like, yeah, Kieran Tyson, Warda, and um, Anela and I. So that's when we decided, okay, we're going to go more that route and try and get Chappies out and Santuini and split that up. Because An Anela and I wanted to split up because they had a 3 3. So we wanted to split it up and make it 2 2. So it was it's a bit more of an even playing field. Um, so yeah, after the Nesu vote, we decided to work with Kieran and Tyson and Warda. But Warda was kind of like their sidekick. So she wasn't like the decision maker. Um, so it was more Kieran and Tyson that we were playing with. Um, and yeah, then they formed the League of Shadows, which was interesting for me. Um, and I'm glad that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It would have been tough if they made it to the end as well, because yeah. they had such uh, such good resumes, I feel like, oh, throughout sure. the game and how they 100%. sort of maneuvered. So how yeah. difficult was it for you to, you know, work with these guys after they tried to vote you out and Anela kind of saved you at that one spot? You know, when they were trying to turn on you, he tried to make up another plan, which he then went back on um, yeah. at that point in the game. How, how difficult was it to work with people that you know wanted to get you out in the game at that uh, point yeah. moving forward it's very difficult going back to camp and realizing okay these people now you don't know if you can trust them and you can't trust anyone so it's mm. difficult going back and listening to what they had to say and their reasoning but it all makes sense like i don't i'm not i wasn't upset with them because of their reasoning i was just like oh that's it's devastating but it is what it is um and then luckily anela made that massive boo-boo and like 
messed up his own game. So that was, I was grateful for that because um, if that didn't happen, I don't think I would have beaten him at the end. So yeah, it, it all played and worked out the way that it should have. Now, you were in a very fortunate position where a lot of survivors never get to go back to where they played the game. And I saw that bit of footage where you went back to the, basically the beach where you guys were playing from and everything like that. What was that like, you know, going back to the place where you played, seeing everything removed after so many months? And what, what was the time between? Was it just before you guys had the, the tribal, uh, the final, uh, well, basically yeah. the reunion? Or when exactly did you guys go back? Yeah, we went back actually last week. So last weekend. Um, and it was amazing being back there and like so kind of like reliving that time of my life, but in a more relaxed sense because I was like, okay, they're not going to leave me here. I'm going back to the hotel room. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so I was happy to be there and like see exactly where I was. It's like, it's so surreal seeing actually where I slept. And it was like, and like where I lived for 39 days and like lived hard days they were long and they were hard um so it was actually very special going back there and reliving it were you much of a camping person before going out there and will you be a big camping person moving forward after having just gone through this experience oh absolutely i'm a huge camper so that definitely helped me with the whole survivor thing i love the outdoors love nature just love all of that so yeah very very glad that i've enjoyed that before survivor and yeah since then, I've been camping, been doing stuff. I love, love, love the outdoors and camping. So, yeah, I'll, keep, I'll continue to do that. And that part of South Africa, was that new to you when you went there? Or have you explored there? Because I'm from South Africa originally myself, and I've traveled quite a bit. I've never been to the Wild Coast. But I've now been invited by a fan from the Wild Coast to go oh, and visit the Wild Coast. So I will do it when I go back to South Africa sure. at some point. Uh, but, but were you familiar with that area? Or was it all new to you when you were playing the game out there? It was so new to me. Like, I've been to Durban, but I've never been, like, south to the Eastern Cape, semi-Durban. It was, like, a whole different thing for me. And I've never, ever been down there. So it was beautiful to see what the, our country has to offer. And it's, like, a totally different vibe to Cape Town or Joe. It's mm. just, it's phenomenal. It's kind of, like, tropical without the turquoise waters. So um, it was, it's such a beautiful part of our country. So I'm, gr I'm grateful that I got to experience that. Yeah, so I mean, for me, I'm similar. I'm from Cape Town, so I know Cape Town quite well. I've been to Durban and Johannesburg and all these areas before as well. So, what was the weather like out there? Is it, um, you know, quite humid during the days? Like, is it does it get quite humid and quite cold? Like, what was that like? Because it did look like you guys were drenched all the time. You had raincoats. There were some previous players on my podcast giving you guys grief for having raincoats because uh -huh. they never had raincoats. Do you want to address that a little bit? What was it yes. like being out there in those Please. conditions? Yeah, so it's more Eastern Cape than Durban. So it's not humid at all. And it mm. rained every single day. If it didn't rain for two hours, it would, like, it rained every single day. So I was so grateful for my jacket because I literally think I would have probably died of cold if I didn't have, a, like, something to protect me. And also, my jacket wasn't waterproof. It was a it was a windbreaker. So I was like, everyone thought I had this lacquer jacket. Meanwhile, it's, it's only a windbreaker. <laughs> and I was like, no. But it's it's... It's so difficult to play the game and make sure you're giving your best, but at the same time dealing with all the elements. So the rain was so intense and the cold and it's, it's yeah, like I said, it's not humid at all. It's, it's Eastern Cape, so it's cold yeah. and rainy and a lot of it, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so when you guys had that shelter there, were you covered from the rain in those shelters? Do you still get rained on through the shelter? Um, I know you guys got tarps at some point within the game. Did that actually help you? Because um, it did look pretty brutal. And then also the food situation looked really dire towards the end of the game, which obviously didn't help with Chappies um, getting his yeah. grubby fingers on a bit of the food. But, you know, can you talk us through that? Because I think coming into the game, you said that the rain was the thing that was going to be the thing that you would probably struggle with the most, but you ended yeah. up saying that food probably was even worse than getting rained on. Uh -huh. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the first shelters, so not waterproof. It rained like you you were drenched. When you woke up under those shelters, it, it you like it was like you slept outside and nothing, you know, nothing was covering you. So the top made a massive difference. Yeah, here and there they were like it like seat through. Um, but that was much better than our original shelter. So very grateful for the top. And then the hunger was so much worse than the rain. Like with rain, you can deal with because, you know, the sun comes out and then you get a bit warmer and that then you get over it. But the hunger is like a constant, constant little guy that's like sitting on your shoulder and he's like, you're hungry. And then you want to, you just, and then there's nothing you can do because there is so, only so much food and you need to make sure it gets to the end. So um, it's so... It's so crazy. The hunger is, I can't even describe it. It's like, oh, it's unreal. Because I heard in Ponderosa, you know, they were talking about the fact that in the beginning you wouldn't want to eat mussels and you didn't, like a lot of the things kind of grossed you out in the beginning. But towards the yeah. end, you were obviously getting into that because it's just the hunger gets you to that point where you get past something that you maybe wouldn't eat in your everyday life. What was the grossest <laughs> thing that you ate out there? And then what was the thing that you kind of, missed the most i guess to the food item you missed the most from real life so the grossest yeah, so thing out there and the thing you missed the most worst thing i ate was an earthworm i thought oh. that was gonna make me a bit full and i was like that did absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i ate that and then what i missed the most from home was my mom's babuti like that was just oh i just missed that so much yeah uh, we've got that in common. I love babuti. I haven't had babuti in such a long time. Um, I, I really need to have babuti. <laughs> send me, send me a recipe. I'll try and find My the mom's. ingredients. Yeah, in New Zealand, and I'll, I'll try and make some babuti. I'm a, I'm a terrible cook. I'm one of those guys who just throws everything on the braai all the time, you know. So, oh, but anyways, that's I'll, not a bad, not a bad yeah, I'll, 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 fi I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out in any yeah, case. Yeah, braai babuti. Put it on the, on the barbecue. Um, yeah. So I guess the the other question I wanted to ask you in regards to being out there in the elements, you know, there was a lot of wildlife in the wild coast. Did you guys come across any like thing out there like snakes or spiders and things like that? And how did you deal with that um, as someone that obviously wouldn't come into contact with that in your everyday life over in Cape Town? Yeah, no, it was lots of wild things on the wild coast. <laughs> so I think I saw two snakes and I am petrified of snakes. Like they scare me. I'm, I'm terrified of snakes. So I saw two snakes, which was horrifying. Although they were small, I was still like, oh my word. I'm just, I, I was so scared that at night they would like slither over me or something. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> and then also lots of spiders. And they were like these funny, they were like big spiders. They were like lots of them there. Ugh, and I remember them like always crawling over my bags. And then they, they're kind of the same color as your bag. So sometimes you put it on and then someone will be like, that spiders on your back and then you're like freak out because you don't see it when you put your bag on but yeah no lots of wild animals and uh yeah creepy and i always like when i slept i made sure my ears and my nose was closed so nothing could like crawl into 
<laughs> onto my face and into something. <laughs> yeah. Now, knowing knowing what you know now, after having been out there and experienced all of this, would you go back and play the game again if asked to do so? Or are you happy to hang up your boots as a champion and not to go out there again? Because you don't really have that much to prove, I guess. Yeah, I would definitely do it again to just, yeah, go back to the basics. Um, and I think everyone knows it's the greatest game ever played. So you can't, yeah, you can't say no to an opportunity like that because it's really, yeah, it's such a phenomenal game with so many lifelong lessons and cherishable moments that I, I couldn't say no. Okay, so if you had to choose, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to choose two players from this season, one pre-merge and one after-merge to come back and play in a season with you, who would those two players be? And let's say you're going to be representing South Africa versus Australia in an international season. Who would be the two people you'd want there with you in a tribe, a South African tribe, to go up against um, the Australians and the Americans? Uh, Pre-merge, probably Dino, because he's just, like, getting to know him after the game. He's such a sweet soul um, and totally misunderstood, so it would be great to play with him. Um, and then post-merge... Oh, it's a difficult one because there's so many phenomenal players. But Kieran was my favorite player, so I'd have to say Kieran. I'm surprised it's not Marisha because I feel like she would Australia. be such a beast in the challenges. I know, <laughs> I know she is. And she's a phenomenal person and like such a great friend of mine. But in terms of like of being a fan and yes. feeling like representing, I would I would want those two guys there. You're a better person than me. If I was out there and I was asked to go play the game again and bring someone with, I would take the two people that probably performed the, the least. So I wouldn't have the same. Yeah, I wouldn't want all that competition out there. You know, make it easier. Make it easy. You're already a champion. You need to make it easier for yourself yeah. if you go back, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Oh, dear. All right. So, Nicole, what's next for you? What are you going to be doing after Survivor? You know, have you already spent the million rand or what, what are you planning to do with the million rand? And what's next for you, I guess, moving forward? Yeah, so moving forward, I just want to firstly let it sink in and just feel like it's actually real because right now it feels like so surreal and like such a dream. Um, and then I would love to take my parents on a, or send my parents on a holiday to visit my two sisters. One lives in Canada and the other one in Holland. So I'd love to treat them a little bit and yeah. And then the rest of the money I'm definitely going to save. Won't be spending it. My boyfriend's an accountant and he's very strict with the finances. So... <laughs> It's like no spending. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely be saving. And, yeah, hopefully in the future, I just want to keep, you know, reiterating the fact that it, it doesn't matter what you look like or what people think of you, that you can achieve so much more than people think you can. Like, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It's up to you what you do with, you know, your life um, and never give up. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of people I think this season that would have slept on you in the game and also outside of the game when they were looking at your season and they kind of analysed what was happening out there. I think even the edit at times slept on you in regards yeah. to how well you played out there. Um, you know, so congratulations on winning this season. It was a phenomenal season. In my opinion, um, one of the things that makes a great season is a great cast. And I honestly say this with all honesty that this cast was the best cast that I've watched for Survivor South Africa. And I'm a massive fan of season seven and six as well. So, you know, well done for, for being out there with some really great players and taking home the money, taking out the crown. You're a very deserved winner. And I hope that in the future, I get to talk to you again about Survivor, hopefully not about your own season. And maybe you can come on and do a recap on another season. It's a little bit easier. 
it's a little bit easier when you're sitting on the sidelines, you know, because you don't have yeah, to be out there. Others. Exactly, yeah, way easier. Sure. I'd love to. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, thanks so much for your time, Nicole. I know you've got a busy day and you've got a lot of people still to talk to today. It's been great talking Thank to you, you. and um, we'll make sure to connect afterwards and um, I will definitely send that invite out as soon as there's another season of Survivor. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was lovely meeting thanks. you and have a great day further. Thanks. All right, see you. Bye. Bye.